Good morning, everybody. Glad that you're here today. Welcome to Epic. And if you are new with us, just want to say welcome. And I think you picked a great day to be here. We are actually starting a new series today called Pick a Fight. And I am really excited about this series. It's a series that I have been working on for the past several years. Actually, it's probably better said that God has been working on this series in me over the past several years. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about how we put together message series here at Epic, and then we'll dive into what this specific series is about. Now, I am constantly on the lookout for what God might want to say to us here at Epic. So when I'm reading the Bible, it's a practice that I do on a regular basis, and when I'm reading the Bible, I am constantly asking God, God, what do you want to say to us as a church family? What do you want to say to me? And what do you want to say to our church family through your written word? And often I'll listen to other pastors who are teaching God's word, and when I'm listening to another pastor, I'm I'm asking the same thing. God, is there anything that you want to say to me through this pastor, what do you want to say to our church family, possibly, through this pastor? When I'm reading a book, and I typically have about 20 books that I'm reading all at the same time, you know, a little bit of, you know, from here and there, and as I'm reading through books, I'm constantly asking God, God, is there anything in this book that you want to say to us as a church family? So I can get a message idea just about from anywhere. I can get a message idea watching a movie, I can get a message idea watching the news. I can get a message idea listening to the radio or walking through a difficult time in my life. So my eyes are always open. My ears are always open for what God might want to say to us as a church family. Now, some of the ideas that I have actually become series that we do here at Epic. Other ideas need to sit on the shelf. They need a little bit more time to, to come into development. And then there are some ideas that just kind of fade away, disappear, never to be seen. Now, this idea for this message came from a single question. And the question is this. What are you willing to fight for? What are you willing to fight for? Is there anything in your life that you're willing to fight for? Is there anything in your life that you're willing to even die for? Maybe it's something that you would say, you know what, that thing is so valuable. It's so valuable to me. I'm willing to draw my sword. I'm willing to to put my boxing gloves on. Whatever fight analogy you like, I'm willing to do that. I'm willing to fight for that thing. I'm even willing to die for that thing because it's that valuable. Now, I'm not really sure where that question came from. It could have come from another message. It could have come from reading the Bible. It could have come from a book that that I was reading. But God has been asking me that question for several years. Trent, what are you willing to fight for? And I want to ask it of you. I'm going to ask it all throughout this series. What are you willing to fight for? In your life, is there anything? Is there anything that you'd say, you know what? It's worth it. Like, I'm willing to fight over that. I'm willing to draw my sword. I'm willing to charge into battle. I'm willing to do whatever it takes to fight for that thing. It's that valuable. Now, as we go through this series, what I hope is that 
um, some answers will rise to the surface for you. First time I started processing that question, I started thinking, yeah, there's some things I'm willing to fight for. I mean, I'd fight for my family. As I've been asking my friends this question for several months now, that's usually the first answer that I get. I'm willing to fight for a relationship that I'm in. And then often we stop there and we start thinking, I don't know, what else? What else am I willing to fight for? So throughout this series, I really want us to dig deep and I want us to discover some other things that we may not say right at first, but we may discover later. You know what? That thing is so important. I'm willing to fight for that thing. And our answer to this question should determine how we live, should determine the kind of lives that we live. So this question, I think, is a critical question for us to ask and answer. Now, this message today is going to be an introduction to this entire series. So it's just going to start the conversation that we're going to be in over the next six or seven weeks together. And then we'll, we'll spend some time diving into things that are worth fighting for from God's perspective. Now, this morning, I want us to pause for a quick word of prayer, and then, then we'll get started into our message. And uh, as I was coming in this morning, I got a phone call from a friend tell me about one of our church members. I don't know if you know a guy by the name of Larry. So you may know Larry Troja. You may not know Larry. Larry usually sits back at our Connection Center. Um, the past few weeks, he hasn't been doing well in health. He's been back there in a wheelchair. Uh, he's been in the hospital. His, his organs are, seem to be shutting down, and they, they're making a decision this morning to move him to hospice. Um, so as a church family, let's pray for uh, a family of ours and pray for Larry together. So join me in prayer. God, I never really know how all this stuff fits into your overall story for us. And every time I'm reminded of of disease and sickness and death, I'm reminded that it wasn't a part of your original story. It wasn't a part of your original plan for us. You never intended for us to have to experience things like this. And Lord, I pray right now that you would be with Larry. I pray that you would bring him peace. Lord, if it's your will that you heal him, Lord, we pray that you would. We ask as your kids that you would heal Larry. Lord, there are moments that you choose to work supernaturally in that way, and then there's other moments you have other plans. So Lord, whatever your will in this scenario, I pray that you would bring peace to Larry and you would bring peace to his family. Be with his daughter, Don. Be with his other children. Be with Conrad. Lord, I pray that you'd be with Jeff, his son-in-law. I pray that you would give them strength and encouragement in this scenario. And I pray that, that you would allow us as a church family to demonstrate our incredible love for them as they walk this difficult road. And Lord, I pray that you would guide us this morning in this series and pick a fight. Lord, help us to begin answering the question, what are we willing to fight for? In Jesus' name, amen. So if your heart isn't beating a little bit faster right now, you may just need to, to check your pulse. All right, see if you're still alive. See if you're awake out there. Now, I know that we all don't love movies like that, but... Those types of movies stir something in me 
They, they stir something that, that's deeper in me. You know, when I typically watch a movie like that, my heart beats a little faster. I'm usually sitting on the edge of my seat. I want to climb into the screen somehow and find my part in the movie. Like, hey, can I pick up a sword? Can I play a part? Can I do something in that movie? It draws me. After the first time I watched Braveheart, I wanted to move to Scotland and help Scotland take England back, or Scotland back from England. Uh, it, it, it touched me in a way that a lot of movies don't. There's something within me that gets stirred when I watch a, a movie that has a deeper purpose, or I hear a story that has a, a deeper purpose to it. Now, I like action-oriented movies, uh, and uh, t- most guys typically do, but I'm not just an action-oriented movie fan just for that sake alone. I mean, I, I love watching action-oriented movies. They're fun to watch, but I like to watch movies that have a deeper purpose, that call us to something greater than ourselves. And regardless of whether you know, that, those types of movies are, are your movies or not, I think there's something deep within you that longs to be a part of that story, that longs to find your place in a bigger story than maybe the life that you're living right now. I think it's, it's something that God has placed in all of us. You see, I think God has placed inside each one of us a heart that's known as a warrior's heart, a warrior's heart that's just waiting to be awakened to a a bigger story, to live beyond itself, to stand for something more than just consuming oxygen and making it through another week. I mean, don't you want to live for something bigger than just, it's Friday again. Thank God it's Friday. The weekend's here. I mean, don't you want to live for something greater than just consuming oxygen and surviving? I think God has placed within each one of us a heart that is desperately waiting to be awakened and to stand and fight for something worth dying for. Now, this past Friday and Saturday, we had 35 men with us at a men's conference down in Daytona Beach called Promise Keepers. Do we have any Promise Keepers here this morning? Awesome. All right, welcome, guys. Glad that you made it back this morning. Uh, Men, I wish that you could have been there. If you weren't a part of it, I wish you could have been there. I wish you could have been with us on that journey, Friday night and Saturday. I wish you could have built some stronger relationships like we were able to build with the guys that were there. I wish you could have heard the speakers and heard the music. I wish you could have been there to have your heart challenged, to be stirred, to wake up to something that's bigger than, than what most of us ever see. I wish you could have been a part of that. Well, you can. Next year, they've got another one coming, May 16th and 17th, going to be in Jacksonville. And guys, I think you should go. I think we should take as many guys as we possibly can. I think you should put it on your calendar, and let's plan on taking a a big group to this event next year. Here's the reality. We can go through life as normal. We can just go through Monday through Friday. We can go through the weekend. We can do that again. And then before long, doesn't life start to feel like Groundhog Day? Like, hey, like where did the past like month and a half go? I don't know. Like, I'm looking at the calendar going, like, it's almost November, people. And I'm, I, I think I just celebrated the new year. Wasn't it just 2013? And here we are. I mean, life just kind of rocks on. You just kind of do the same old thing in the same old way. Or you can carve some time out 
and say, you know what, I'm going to go like, do something different. And just maybe, just maybe, God will say something to me there. Just maybe I'll leave a different person. Just maybe I'll see something different. Maybe my marriage will be better. Maybe a relationship I'm in will be better. Maybe I can be a better man than I've been. So guys, I think you should go to anything that is made available like this. Ladies, I wish you could have been there. That might have been weird, you know, in in a a stadium full of guys. That might have just been a little weird for you. But I wish you could have been there to watch these men. There's nothing like watching a group of men, thousands of men gathered together praising our Lord. There's nothing like a group of men gathered together saying, God, I need to confess sin. I need to get right. I need brothers in my life. I need a band of brothers willing to walk this road with me because we were never designed to walk life alone. There's nothing like that. Ladies, I wish you could have been there for your own heart to be stirred, to understand that you too have inside of you a warrior's heart. You may call it a princess warrior's heart and you may put pink bows on it, but I don't care. Deep inside of you is a warrior's heart just waiting to be awakened. I married a warrior princess and I have three warrior princess daughters. And each one of these women in my life are willing to draw their swords and charge into battle for things that are bigger than them, for things that have a deeper purpose. I mean, it's so exciting to to be around my family and the women in my family and to watch them with their passion and say, you know what, that's not right. I'm going to stand for that. I'm going to stand and fight against that. That's not okay. So I think God has placed within all of us, whether you're a man or you're a woman, it doesn't matter. I think God has placed within all of us a warrior's heart just waiting to be awakened. And that's what I want us to tap into in this series. Now, a friend of mine gave me the perfect prop for this series. Actually, just gave it to me yesterday. So I want you to check this thing out. Is this not awesome? This fantastic? I love this. So... Very cool. I was trying to figure out how I could slide it in the back of my shirt like my son does with his swords and maybe carry it around throughout the whole message, but I'm afraid like I'd cut the back of my legs off or something. So anyway, it's up here just in case we need it during the service, all right? I'm going to put it down, so hopefully I don't hurt myself. Okay, we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6 today. Ephesians chapter 6, God is speaking through a guy by the name of Paul And God is speaking directly to those who are Christ followers. So he was talking to Christ followers then. He's talking to Christ followers now. If you would say today, you know what? I'm a Christ follower. I put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Guess what? God is speaking directly to you through this passage this morning. So starting in verse 10, Ephesians 6, a final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Now, we are going to hear these these verses several times throughout this series. And then we're going to spend one Sunday digging deeper into those specific verses. But for today, notice that God tells us to put on armor. Why would we need to put on armor? 
because we're in a battle. We live in a world that is at war. And you may think, you know what, war is, is that stuff that happens in the Middle East. You know, you watch that on the news. I mean, we don't have war around us here. But the reality is, what the Bible teaches, we wake up to a fierce spiritual battle that rages around us every day. There's not a moment of your life that you are not in the middle of a fierce spiritual war. Again, I think that's why God through Paul says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the strategies of the enemy. And all throughout the Bible, God uses military terms to describe the Christian life. So from God's perspective, you are a warrior. It doesn't matter if you feel like a warrior or not. It doesn't matter if you're internally scared to death about the thought of ever being a warrior. It doesn't matter if you've ever been in a physical fight before. It doesn't matter if the sight of blood makes you queasy. It doesn't matter if you hate movies like Braveheart. God will forgive you for that. It's not that big a deal. The reality is, if you're a Christ follower, you're one of God's warriors, and God has designed you to fight. Here's a little secret I want to let you in on. And just, just keep this between us, okay? We like to fight. We like to fight. If you're a kid, we like to fight our parents. If you're a parent, you love to fight your kids. If you're a dating couple, you like to fight each other. If you're married, you love to fight your spouse. If you have friends, I'm sure every once in a while you have a fight with your friends. Most of us would say we got an enemy or two. You love to fight them probably. We fight over relationships and religion and politics, athletics, different interpretations of the Bible. There isn't a subject on the planet Earth that we aren't willing to fight over. We fight over anything. We'll fight over everything. We'll even draw our swords and fight against God himself. You know, when something happens in life that doesn't fit the script we're writing for ourselves, we'll draw our sword and say, God, what are you doing? And we'll start swinging at God as if we can fight against him in some way. You may be a loud fighter and everybody may look at you and say, oh yeah, they're a fighter. You may be an internal quiet fighter and nobody can tell by looking at your body. But inside, you are fighting constantly. There's something in us that loves to fight. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, you could probably say, that's just our sin nature. That's just that thing inside of us that likes to run away from God, that likes to rebel against God and his direction for our lives. And you would be right if you said that. But I think there's something deeper inside of us that God wants to tap into. God made us to be warriors, and he wants us to fight for right things and not wrong things. And here's a truth that we need to understand about ourselves and our desire to fight. It's this, a warrior without a just cause to fight for will end up fighting for wrong things. I say that again, a warrior without a just cause to fight for will end up fighting for wrong things. I think that's why there's so much pain and sorrow in our world. As you look around our world, there are many people in positions of power and they're looking for more power. There are many people that have possession. They're looking for more possession and they will fight over that and innocent people may die. And in certain people's minds, that's okay. As long as more power is accumulated, as more possession is accumulated, it doesn't matter if there are innocent victims 
that stand between them and more of what they want to communicate, to accumulate. Now, and you think about in our own lives, you know, we don't have to you know, look around the world to watch that. You can look in our own lives. When we don't have something just and right to fight for, we fight for wrong things. Anybody ever get in a fight with your spouse and you're not even sure why you're fighting? Like, here, let me put up both of my hands. How about my legs? If I get all of them up, it, that'd be me. I mean, there's moments, it, you know, my, like, I'll get into a, a blowout with, with my wife over something an hour later. I can't even remember why we're fighting. I have no idea. Like, what are we fighting over? I don't know, but I'm fighting. Why? Because I like to fight. If we fight for wrong things, we're missing out on what God has for us. God never wants us to fight for wrong things. He wants us to fight for right things, for things that are bigger than we are, for things that will last longer than we will. And until we find a cause that we're willing to die for, we'll never really live. So again, in life, there are things worth fighting for. There are some things that are so valuable, they're even worth dying for. So again, what are you willing to fight for? Now let me tell you what we're not talking about in this series. We're not talking about fighting with your spouse, your kids, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your parents. We're not talking about fighting with God. We're not talking about getting in a fist fight because someone trash-talked your favorite football team. We're not talking about fighting with someone because they voted differently than you. We're talking about fighting for God's purposes. We're talking about fighting in God's ways and for God's ways. Now, the reality is most of us don't know how to do that. Like, we're clueless. I mean, we always get, get it backwards, and we're often fighting for wrong things. And God says, listen, I need to teach you. So we're going to, through this series, ask God, teach us. Teach us how to fight appropriately. Teach us how to fight the way that you want us to fight. So this morning, we're going to take some fighting lessons from a warrior in the Old Testament part of the Bible. In 1 Samuel 17, tells an amazing story of a young warrior who fought for a just cause. And it records the story of David and Goliath. Now, you may have grown up hearing this story all of your life, or maybe this is the first time that you've ever really even looked at this story. But either way, I think God's got some great fighting lessons in it for us. So in 1 Samuel, we have the nation of Israel, which is God's specially chosen people, fighting another nation called the Philistines. So if you can kind of get this in your mind, we have a a valley. Uh, On one side of the valley, we have the Israelites and their army. And on the other side, we have the warriors of the Philistines. So they are encamped on either side of this valley, getting ready for battle. And in 1 Samuel 17, verse 4, it tells us that the Philistines had a secret weapon. They've got a warrior named Goliath. Now, Goliath was over nine feet tall. I mean, he was probably closer to nine foot, nine inches. So he's closer to 10 foot than nine foot. This, this is one big dude. as a big guy that they have as their secret weapon. Now, many of you know our friend Keith Tower, who's a former uh, NBA player uh, who's come to speak here on several occasions at Epic. And I've got a picture of him I'd li- like to show us here real quick. Uh, okay, so you can tell uh, that's Keith, that's me. Keith is seven feet tall, and you can tell that I'm not. 
Okay, I know looking at this stage, I look larger than I am, but the reality is I'm not that tall. Okay, so Keith, seven foot tall. He stands a foot and a half taller than me. Goliath stood two and a half feet taller than Keith. So, so look at Keith and go, man, that's a big man. Goliath was a big man. Now, I think this next picture isn't an exact comparison of David and Goliath, but um, I think it's pretty close. So you get the idea here, okay? So this is what we're looking at. Verse 8 says, Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight? I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. So that's the king of Israel. Choose one man to come here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. I defy the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. When Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Now, I don't know what your experience would be like if you were there amongst the warriors of the Israelites, but I would probably be deeply shaken. I'd probably be petrified as well. We've got King Saul, who was the tallest man in the nation of Israel, and he wasn't going out to fight Goliath. Now, who's gonna go out and fight this giant of a man? Well, verse 16 says, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted in front of the Israelite army. So for 40 days, Goliath walks out and gives this challenge. In the morning and in the evening is a challenge to say, send somebody out to fight me. And the Israelites are shaking in their sandals. They're scared to death. Now in verse 17, David walks into our story. Now David was a shepherd. He was the youngest and smallest of his seven brothers, and he's taking care of his sheep, and his dad says, hey, why don't you take some food up to your brothers, go check in on them in their uh, battle, go find out how they're doing, and come back and give a report. So David takes some food up to the Israelite camp, and he hears Goliath's challenge. So he hears Goliath come out, give this big challenge, and David starts asking. He starts talking to the guys, like, what's going on here? What is this all about? And in verse 26, he says this, who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Now, have you ever been in a difficult situation that you weren't sure what to do, you weren't sure how to handle it, and somebody else comes on uh, from the outside of your story, hears your story and says, well, if I were in your shoes, I wouldn't let him speak to me like that. I mean, I would, this is what I would say. You know, why aren't you saying that? And that's kind of how uh, David is interacting with his brothers and the warriors of Israel. He's basically calling them cowards. Like when somebody comes into my story and says that, like, I just want to punch them, you know, like, man, well, like, why don't you do that in your own story? Don't come mess up with my story. So David comes in, his brothers get angry with him. His oldest brother says, why don't you go back and take care of the few little sheep that you have? Why are you up here messing in a man's world? Go back and take care of those sheep. A word gets through the Israelite camp. It gets up to King Saul. King Saul says, let me see this young man. In verse 32, David told King Saul, don't worry about this Philistine. I'll go fight him. And King Saul replied, are you crazy? Have you lost your mind? Have you been drinking? 
Like, have you looked out there and have you seen this guy? Don't be ridiculous. There's no way that you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy and he's been a man of war since his youth. And we're not exactly sure how old David was in this moment. He was probably in his late teens, early 20s. We're not exactly sure, but David wasn't worried. He wasn't concerned about his size. He wasn't concerned about his age. He persisted. He told King Saul how he had killed lions and bears that came to eat his sheep. He said with conviction, the Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me again from this Philistine. David just couldn't sit on the sideline. He couldn't sit on the sideline and listen to this. He said, listen, I've got to do something. I've got to stand and fight. This is a cause worth fighting for. And he persisted. And finally, King Saul said, okay, I'm going to let you go fight Goliath. Now get the, the severity of this situation. So we've got this smaller guy, very much smaller guy, going out into battle with Goliath. The lives of the Israelites are in David's hands. If he loses, not just uh, the warriors there would be taken slaves, most likely they would be killed. And the wives and children at home would become slaves. So if David loses, the nation of Israel stands to lose a lot. There's a lot at stake in this moment. So in verse 40... David picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into a shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. Goliath walked out toward David with a shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and wild animals. Now watch how David responds. You come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today, the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. Then I will give your, the, the, bodies, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle, and he will give you to us. So David has this incredible God perspective. I mean, he knows it's hopeless without God intervening. That's why he says, this is the Lord's battle. And I love David's clarity, and I, I love his passion, and I wish I always had that perspective when I'm fighting the Goliaths in my life. And there are moments that I do, and then there are other moments that I don't. There are other moments I'm like the other Israelite men hiding in my tent. But I don't want to be there. I don't want to be in my tent. I want to be on the battlefield. I want to be in a position where I can watch God do what only God can do. Now listen to verse 48. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran to meet him. And David didn't slowly walk towards Goliath. I mean, he didn't take you know, a lot of time to figure out what his next move was going to be. He didn't passively wait for Goliath to make the first move. He ran out. He charged at Goliath. Again, I think because he had found something we're dying for. 
Verse 49, reaching into his shepherd's bag and taking out a stone, he hurled it with his sling and hit the Philistine in the forehead. The stone sank in and Goliath stumbled and fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with only a sling and a stone, for he had no sword. Then David ran over and pulled Goliath's sword from its sheath. David used it to kill him and cut off his head. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah gave a great shout of triumph and rushed after the Philistines, chasing them as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. The bodies of the dead and the wounded Philistines were strewn all along the road. Now, whoever said the Bible was boring? I mean, we're talking Hollywood movie right there. I mean, we're gore and all. I mean, it is amazing. I tell you, you should read your Bible. There's all kinds of amazing stories like that in the Bible. Okay, now what's the point of this story for us today? There are some real giants in our world. There are some real giants out there that want to fear us into submission, that want to control how we live, that want to take us captive. There are some real giants that stand against our living and holy God. There are real giants out there destroying the lives of many. You may be facing one of those giants today. You may be looking at a giant and saying, there's no possible way. I can't defeat this thing. It's not possible for me to defeat this thing. It's way too big. It's way too strong. I'm way too small. I'm way too weak. Now, throughout this series, what we're going to do is we're going to, uh, to do several things. Number one, we're going to identify some of the giants that stand out there in our world. Some of those giants that stand against us personally and some of those giants that stand against us as humanity. It, you know, it's, it's hard to fight something if you don't identify what you're fighting against. So we're going to spend some time identifying some of those giants that are out there. Again, some of those personal giants that we fight and some of those global giants that we fight. Then we're going to ask God to teach us how to fight in his ways and for his ways. We have to learn how to have David's perspective when we take on some of these giants that are in our land. So here's what I want you to do for this week. For this week, every day, I want you to ask yourself the question, what are you willing to fight for? So when you wake up in the morning, several times throughout the day, and you go to bed at night, I encourage you just to ask, what am I willing to fight for? And then I want you to turn and ask God, God, what do you want me to fight for? So all week long, you're having a conversation with yourself, you're having a conversation with God, that's called prayer. God, what do you want me to fight for? What am I willing to fight for? Now, do not draw your sword and charge into battle yet, okay? All right? Again, normally we fight in wrong ways for wrong things when we don't have God's perspective and we don't have a just cause to fight for. So don't go fighting yet. Let's just ask the question of God and ask God to give you David's perspective. Ask God to allow you to see through David's eyes this week and throughout this entire series, okay? Now, next week, I encourage you to come back because the first battle that we're going to pick, the first fight that we're going to pick is a doozy. I mean, normally we, we pick smaller things and let's work our way up. Um, but we're just going to draw our sword against, I think, an incredible giant that stands against many of us in humanity. So I hope you'll come back for that. Let's pray together.
God, we are in desperate need of learning how to be your warriors. Lord, in us is this desire to fight. We want to fight just about anything at any time. We're ready to fight. And yet, God, most often we fight in wrong ways for wrong things. And yet deep within us is this heart that you've placed, this warrior's heart that you want to awaken. You want us to have David's perspective when we see the giants in our land. You want us to fight for a just cause. You want us to fight for your purposes. You want us to fight in your ways and for your ways. So Lord, this week we're asking, what do you want us to fight for? What do you want us to fight for in our lives and in our world? We ask that you would, you would speak powerfully to us this week. Our ears are opening. We're listening. Speak to us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, Epic. I hope that you will be coming back for this really exciting series. Um, We have a resource for you if you're kind of keyed up and interested in learning uh, how to pick a fight. Um, It is our spiritual growth challenge, and it just helps you dig deeper into the things that we talk about each week. There are scripture scripture passages that we've talked about in service, as well as some extra ones to help you kind of think through things, as well as some questions to kind of help you process through you know, what we're talking about. So that's available at the Connection Center. I encourage you to pick one up or you can get one on theepicchurch.com. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have anybody sign up for our baptism today, so there's no baptism, which means if you go out and hang out where we normally have a baptism, you will be hanging out with some seagulls, probably a couple, you know, pelicans or whatever. So um, we'll be scheduling another one early next year, and hopefully we'll have some folks um, interested in doing that then. Next Saturday, November 2nd, we have a couple things going on, and so um, just want to make you aware of these things. Um, in the morning, Lifeline is having their golf tournament. Lifeline is a Celebrate Recovery Ministry in Flagler County that we're really excited about. And so if you're interested in supporting that or even playing in the tournament, you can do that. Um, there's a flyer at the Connection Center, and you can get more information about how to sign up there. In that evening, November 2nd, we are having our, or Surge is having its after Halloween party. So from 6 to 9 p.m. at Palm Coast Community Church, um, right around the corner, um, we'll be doing that. So encourage you to check out um, their Facebook page for more information and plug into their Facebook page if you have middle school or high school students so that um, you can catch up on all the things that they're doing um, uh, as the year goes on. So. Lastly, next um, Saturday is Daylight Savings. Um, It ends, so be sure to turn your clock back, fall back. Um, Otherwise, the setup team would love to have you here to help set up. So (laughs) just make that, um, set it in your phone or or whatever, just make that note that you want to do that. Um, With Halloween, you know, ending soon this week, we are going to be gearing up for Christmas. And we do a thing called the Giving Tree at Epic. And this is a really cool way for us to help meet uh, the needs of our community, our friends and our families. So um, after Thanksgiving, there'll be a little tree with some needs, food, um, just other Christmas gifts that people need in our community. And it'll be on there. You can take a card, go buy that gift, bring it back. And that need is met for that person. Right now, what we need, though, are referrals for people that you know personally, family, friends in our community in Flagler County that need food, maybe some, a little extra support this Christmas. So you can go online at theepicchurch.com, 
by November 8th, fill out the referral form and submit someone who may need that extra help this Christmas season. Speaking of giving, one thing that we talk about every week is giving of our time, talent, and resources. If you call Epic Home, we encourage you to, to give. You can do that today. Um, there are giving boxes behind each seating section, or you can give online at theepicchurch.com. If you are new, to, uh, new with us, we are so glad that you're here today, and we just uh, hope that you are coming back for this series. It's going to be exciting. Just stop by the Connection Center on your way out, and we have a little packet that will give you a little information about who we are and why we're here. With that, just want to thank you again for coming, and uh, have a great Sunday.